The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. Morning, and thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning. Any of you could be anywhere this morning, uh, but you made a decision to come and to worship the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ here at Bayou Vista. I want to thank you for that. And if you have your Bible, and I hope you do, if you would join me in Revelation chapter 2 as we look at the first church here, the church at Ephesus. Um, I've probably preached this little five or six verses more than any other five or six verses as a pastor over our time. Because it's so relative to where the church, uh, where our marriages, um, and where we, we just tend to get in life. Um, but thank you, church family, for letting us get away a little bit. I gotta tell you, Grand Isle is a pretty sweet place. If you like heat, um, no, it was beautiful, had a great time, and, you know, people say things are bigger in Texas. I think that applies to Louisiana. Um, there's monsters in y'all's water. Do y'all know that? Um, I mean, I, we keep hooking them. We can't do nothing with them. I got a little sore belly button from holding on to my little fishing pole. And, um, man, it was fun. Just a lot of fun catching all kinds of stuff. Jellyfish, um, y'all have those too? Uh, just in case you were wondering, and that's one of the biggest fears I have in this world is jellyfish. Jellyfish and spiders. There you go. So whatever that's, whatever that's valuable for. So Revelations chapter 2. Now, last week, we kind of prefaced the story looking at the preeminence, the authority, the deity, the sovereignty of Jesus Christ, of the revelation. Remember, he is the one being unveiled. As apocalypto means the unveiling, and that the unveiling is his second return. So all of the revelation is centered around the person of Jesus Christ, having come right in the four Gospels as the servant, as the sacrifice, we're returning as the king. And so the first part sets up who exactly is returning and who exactly is writing to the seven churches. And so when we look at the seven churches, I'd encourage you to figure out, again, which church most accurately represents where you're at spiritually. Um, God in his sovereignty, I believe, chose seven churches as seven examples that cover all of us, whether it's individually or whether it's a church. Now, each one of these are going to address a church. And one of the things that I've heard, and I should have included this in the Bible doesn't say that, or does the Bible really say that series, is that God will always preserve his church. Now, we got to understand the right application of that, that statement. The Bible does teach, right, that God will preserve His kingdom for all of eternity. And we also understand that so there's His kingdom. We also understand that the church makes up His kingdom. But there is the cho- church local, Bayou Vista Baptist Church. And then there's the church universal, which is all of the sister churches, all of the bride of Christ that we all combine to be. But what we often prioritize is that God will preserve this church, meaning this little bride, this local congregation. Do you know every year thousands of Baptist churches close? 
So either God's word is wrong or our interpretation of that truth is wrong. So I would encourage you this morning, and this passage is going to address it very directly, God does not need this church to fulfill the Great Commission. He chooses to use this church, or as we're going to see, shut it down. Now, as an individual who's held the state convention in Arkansas, um, study churches and what causes them to die, it is certainly egocentricism that the purpose of fellowship, the purpose of function becomes fellowship rather than worship. We begin to value each other more than the mission, the person of Jesus Christ. You say, well, church is about fellowship. Yes, it is. But if the only reason, right, we're having service is to get out of the house and see our buddies, that's really not the scriptural reason for worship. And so when we get to this passage, folks, this one's it's pretty tough on several different levels. And so I'm going to let the Scripture speak. Um, and I, I trust that God will encourage and inspire you to a life of righteousness. And God forbid that we ever be a church that the Spirit of the living God closes down. Lord, I pray as we open Your Word momentarily that the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit will be first most evident. That You will draw men, women, boys, and girls into Yourself today and in the days to come. Lord, we know we have some work to do, and I pray for the provisions, the protection, the resources, Lord, and the unity to accomplish. May we surrender our opinions and our perspectives for the purposes of the Great Commission. Lord Jesus, may it be your vision, not our vision. Your explanation, not just our understanding that guides us. May you increase our understanding to align with the depth and the truth of your word. And it is in the name, in the power, and through the blood of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Friend, I'm going to ask you to join me in standing out of respect for his inerrant, infallible word, serving as the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. So again, last week we looked at the who revealed this to John. Now we're going to look at what was revealed. So Revelations chapter 2, verse 1 is where we'll begin. Write to the angel of the church in Ephesus. Thus says the what? One. The only one who can speak with such authority. Thus says the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand. That's the seven angels of the seven churches who walks among the seven golden lampstands. He says, I know your works, your labor, your endurance. And that you as a church, you, you cannot tolerate evil people. Matter of fact, you have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not. And now you found them to be liars. I know. I know you've persevered. Remember the eyes, the eyes of fire, the eyes like lasers that search the heart of his people. That's who's speaking. So when he says, I know, he knows. I know you've gone through hardships for the sake of my name and have not grown weary. But church... This is what I have against you. You've abandoned the love, the passion, the energy, the enthusiasm. You've abandoned the romance we had, you had with me in the beginning. So verse 5, it says, Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Now, we covered this not too long ago. And so we're going to get through this. And then this is where I want to spend some time. Otherwise, if you do not repent, I'm coming to you. 
Friend, this is not one of those times you want the Holy Spirit coming to you. Otherwise, I'm coming to you and I'm going to remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now, I've got this for you, church. You do have this. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, and we're going to get there in a minute, and that's not really a big compliment. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I'll give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Lord, we love you, and I pray that you would illuminate the dark spots in our lives, that the, the light of the sun the light that comes from the, the lamp will light our paths. Lord, your word says, if we will seek you, we'll find you. If there's any time in our life we don't know which way to go, that we're just to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit and the truths of your word. So wherever we're at this morning, I pray, Lord Jesus, that your saints will be encouraged. Lord, if there's anyone in here that does not know you, Holy Spirit, you do what your function alone is. And it is in the name of the Sovereign King Jesus we pray. Amen. You be seated, friend. So I want to go back to the first part of chapter 2. When it says, write to the angel of the church. So each church has the angel represented by the seven stars. And I know the sun's a star, but in our solar system we have certain right understandings, relativities, that the sun, we call the sun, it is a star scientifically, but we call it the sun in our solar system. And all of the other stars we call, you got it, you know you know it, stars! Boom! Boy! Ah! Hey, I've got some Rice Krispies. If anybody's blood sugar gets low, just kind of be like, whoop, whoop. And I'll throw one at you, all right? Just be like, hey, preacher, hit me. Hit me, preacher. So when it says this, we know the sun's a star, and each church has a star. But in the comparison here, Jesus is the sun, and the angels are the stars. Just as we look up at night, and the light of the stars is subservient to the light of the sun, right? When the sun shows up, where do the stars go? They go away. So again, this is just relatively speaking so that we can understand the comparison between the way we see the universe, the power of the sun, the place and the superiority of the sun versus the stars. Not that the stars aren't important, but each church has an angel. And that angel represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so let's go a little farther. It then says... I hold, I hold the seven stars in his, he holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. Lampstands. You know, I've always looked at this like, I've always read this as lamp. And it hit me this week. No, 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 no. No. This is a, this is a stand. Stand. Mike, lampstand, lamp, they're different. What does the lampstand supposed to be holding up? The microphone, not, yeah, the lamp. <laughs> Come on, preacher, get it together. I need, I need a Rice Krispie, hit, hit me, sweet. So you've got the lamp, and we also, when we read this, we think, man, the priority of the church is, is maybe it's really important, and yet it is. But the idea is we're supposed to lift up. So now does it make sense? The passage that says where the name of Jesus Christ is lifted up, he will 
draw men into himself. See, I'm not the lamp. You're not the lamp. We're not the lamp. We're just the one to hold up the light so that it illuminates the darkness. And so the, the trick is here, we're going to get to dealing with this in just a second. We're coming back. But I wanted you to understand and distinguish the difference between those. And so he says, hey, Ephesus, I know your works. Now, you know, we covered this. You've heard this before, so we're going to move kind of quick. He says, I know you do the things you know you're supposed to do. And again, last time we looked through this, we really compared it to marriage. I'm just going to be honest. Can I just be honest? When we first got married, if Jeanette would ask me to run 10 miles, I'd have ran 10 miles and I never said anything about it. Guys, any of y'all remember that? Come on! All right. Now she asked me to go clean out the trash or take out the trash, and what's my response? <sighs> Boys! That's what I try to go two sons for. But man, how over time that relationship just kind of loses its enthusiasm in the desire we have to serve. It's not that there's not love, it's not that there's not passion, but the desire to serve can wane if, if not fed, if not encouraged, if not refreshed. So back when we were just saved, right, when we were just saved, we, we did things because we wanted to for Jesus Christ. Now what we often find ourselves doing is doing the things we know we're just supposed to do. And do you know how much that wears you out? It just becomes, come to me all you weary, heavy laden. That's not just with the circumstances of the world. That's, Christianity's not easy, right? Christianity in a fallen world were not intended to, Christianity exists because of a fallen world. They weren't intended, we weren't intended to be here at this time and space. Not in this mess. And so he says, church, I know you're in a, you're in a fallen world and I know things are tough. And I know you just go through the motions sometimes. I don't know about you, but I've been, and then we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I've been in churches that were just dead, and it was obvious they were dead. It was obvious why they were dead. You know, one of the things that's most exciting and that we've enjoyed most and was most evident when we came in view of a call, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, is you're a singing church. And friend, I know it's just a song, but it does represent the passion of a heart. And so that was very encouraging to us from the beginning. A church that doesn't sing is a church that has no song. Let's keep going. He says, I know your works. You, you know what to do. Your labor, that you've labored. You haven't just put out a little bit. You've put out a lot of effort. Right? You haven't just did a little bit. You've labored. You've extensively labored. You've exerted yourself, often above expectation and your endurance, that you just keep going. Now, sometimes in life, doesn't that just feel like where we're at, whether it's we're at a job, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a financial arrangement, whether it's marriage, that we're just, we just keep going? Like, we don't know why. We don't know why... You, you, I've counseled men and women married, and they've said, we don't know why we're still married. This is just what we do, That right? Because we don't want to get a divorce. Friend, if we let our marriages get to the point where the best thing we got is we don't want to have a divorce, 
We're in bad shape. Do you realize that? If you look at your spouse and there's resentment or bitterness, there's a place at the cross and there's a time of prayer that is waiting for you. That is not what God intended for marriage. Everyone understand? Say amen. All right. Because that's a representation of His love for His bride. And I don't think the Lord Jesus ever looks at the bride that He gave His life for, bled out for, and says, I'm so tired of her. No. But I've heard men say, I just tire of that woman. Or women say, I'm so tired of him. Friend, if we get to that place with our spouse, the one that we, we promised to love for the rest of our life, that, that's, a, that's an alarm that nauseates me, and we just live with it. Job. So how do you fix that? Well, we're going to get to it. Job. They just show up. Well, it's just what I do. Friend, do you think Jesus Christ died on the cross so you could just do what you do? Without any passion, without any enthusiasm, without any purpose? No, I don't think this is the life God intended. I can't can't buy it. I can't buy that it was those stripes that he went through so I could go through the motions. I I don't believe he was just gutted so that I could just do what I do every day. I don't think he instituted marriage and Adam and Eve and the joy and the passion, the procreation that he intended, the intimacy that he created husband and wife for, so we could just get through this thing. You understand? Let's keep going. All right. I know your endurance. You just, you just keep going. It reminds me of the Energizer Bunny thing. I hate them commercials. All right, we've been watching so much of this internet streaming stuff. Sometimes it works at the house. Sometimes it doesn't out in the middle of a cane field. But we was watching TV in the little cabin this week, and them commercials, they go on forever. There's nothing more irritating than a commercial, and I never realized how much time they've taken from me. That's just a little side note. But that old little bunny, that said, how dumb. Why a bunny? Who tied a bunny to a battery? I don't, I don't even understand the concept. But that little, that little dumb thing just goes around and beats that drum. Do you know why it beats the drum? It was beating a drum. Have you heard? I wish he'd quit just beating his drum. It's repetitious and monotonous. That's not what God intended life to be at any level. He also says you cannot tolerate evil people. You've got conviction. You've got knowledge. Right? You, you know what you believe and you know why you believe it. You've just forgotten, right? The passion that was supposed to come with the knowledge. I, I, I feel like I know Jeanette. I mean, remember when you were dating? Did anybody here date? Right? Was, was all your marriages arranged? <laughs> Some of your faces look like it. So, you remember you, 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 you dating and, and, you know, mom and dad like, well, do you even know her? Yeah. And I'm sure her parents asked they know me. She had no clue how crazy I was. Then you get married and move in. Can I get an amen? I, 
need to spark up on this one, folks, unless you want your kids shacking up. Get married and then move in. Okay, thank you. It's hard to, hard to teach something and you ain't backing me up, folks. We got married and then we moved in. And real quick, we figured out, huh, I didn't know that person quite. Now, it wasn't a bad thing sometimes. But we live differently. And so, he's saying, you, you tested, right? You've identified some differences. You've tested people, and sometimes you've found out that they're not right. But I wonder what he's actually saying here. Because he's going to go back to love. Just because someone's different than you, just because Scripture may say they may be evil, does that mean you don't have, don't have to love them? No. I'm, I'm a child of the King. He's told me to love everyone. Now, approve, go along with their sin, no delicate spot. Not going to get into that one today. But do I have the freedom to love anyone no matter what their life choices are? Yes. But, yeah, I know the truth. And naturally, when you know the truth, the process you're going to go through is testing, right? What they say and what they do, does it line up with truth? Or I hope it does. So he says, hey, you've done a lot of things, but there's something you're missing in all of this. You're still married. You're still employed. But there's something you're missing that is the battery that powers the enthusiasm and the enjoyment of life. You're missing that. And you say, well, this, this just sounds like a feel good. No, 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 no. It's all about Jesus Christ. And the church says, that was weak. You know, one of the boys' birthdays there, we were on vacation. We were in Branson and um, we used to live in a place that was much cooler. And, um, <laughs> and we got to play outside all summer. And um, So anyway, we were up in Branson, and I had this great idea, because you know how you live through your children. I thought I'd never do that, but I do it. I'd always dreamed of having a really nice remote control car. Really nice. I don't mean Walmart, $15.99, kick it. Right, and the the remember them ones where the antennas would just bend so easy, just junk. Now I wanted one that was waterproof. That way I could take it through the mud. That's what I always wanted. Never had it. So one year we were up in Branson. It was it was we, I, they they get paid for stuff at the house over the top chores. Uh, we raise dogs. They have to do all kinds of stuff that basically gag with the dogs. So they paid, and so they had a pretty good stash of money, and I was going to help them, and I took them to the RC store, and we bought like a really nice remote control cars for them that scale like 2,000 miles an hour, um, ramp small buildings, go through brick walls. It was a pretty exciting time. And so we got back to the resort. We were staying there on Table Rock Lake, and we charged them up. Now, I think it took like three hours, okay? I was sitting there. Because all my life I had imagined driving it. And so finally they charged, and we went out in the parking lot. About 12 minutes later, they went dead. 
I didn't even get to drive one. But I started thinking, you know, sometimes we think, well, we wait three hours. Well, that three-hour time could have been spent, right? The three-hour recharge time in our life, we recharge for 12 minutes and then live for three hours. You see? The time we're supposed to spend with Christ that is the power of life, 12 minutes. And then we out there running around with no power for three hours. So guys, nothing works. And he's saying, listen, church, you, you, you're fooling yourself. And we're going to go ahead and get to it. What time is it? And I forgot to announce we have 35 mils left for our fundraiser. I'm getting hungry. That's just where I was going. And so right after they're over, catch Miss Lucy. Miss Lucy, if you just, yep, there she is. You catch her right afterwards. Uh, $10 a plate, and uh, we'll, we'll get you taken care of. Okay, let's go ahead. Uh, jump ahead real quick. This is where I want to get. Okay, so you've tested those. I know you're, you've endured hardships. You've gone through hard things, but this I have against you. You've left your first love. You've left... You've left what, who, why you lived. So you're, you're wondering, church, saint, you're just wondering aimlessly. Whether it's at work, whether it's in marriage, whether it's as parenting, whether it's wonder why the church doesn't grow. Friend, a pastor can't cause a church to grow. The, the Jesus draws men into himself. Everybody understand that? So we got growth problems, what we got worship problems. If we got growth problems, what we got marriage problems. It's time the church align with the standard and the truth of God's word and see what the Holy Spirit turns loose because revival does not fall upon those that are spiritually apathetic. It never has and it never will. The day the church desires, the church desires the presence of Jesus Christ is the day he'll show up in his power, his glory, and his splendor. So let's go on. So he says, guys, you've left your first love. What are you doing? What are you doing? So uh, marriage is such an important thing for the church and for the saint. You don't have to be married to be faithful. Absolutely not. But if you're married, you can't be faithful to Jesus without being faithful to your spouse. So what do you do? Go get help. Do something. Right? You plug in. Recharge. It's okay that your batteries are drained. That's what this life does. Let's keep going. He's saying here, remember. Remember then how far you've fallen and repent. That repent is not you laying down or you driving home or you right now or at the point of invitation and saying, dear Jesus, <coughs> forgive me. All right. Sin is a wall that interferes with our relationship, our communication with our Savior. If you sin as a saint, you don't lose your salvation. Right? But every sin is a brick in a wall. And just because you ask Jesus to forgive you does not destroy that wall. It just stops that wall until you do it again. 
But eventually repentance is where the wall is torn down because you ain't doing that no more. If you walk up and slap me in the face and ask me to forgive you, it's going to take me a bit. You got it? But I probably will get around to it. Now, if next time I see you come, you slap me again and you ask for forgiveness, you know I'm going to have to pray about that a little bit longer, right? Well, do you not think, do you think Christ is ignorant or dumb? He knows what you're going to do. So be real careful in mocking him by claiming or pursuing forgiveness when you have every intention of repetition. Friend, come on, sin says here, we continue in sin that grace may abound. Certainly not. And so he says, guys, remember, you remember when I used to ask you to do something and you were joyful to do it? Yeah, yeah, I do. For marriage, I remember when I would, if she was in class, we were in college, and if I got home early, I would clean bathrooms, I would vacuum, I would cook dinner, because I didn't want Mama distracted about anything when she got home. Pursuing the passion of that marriage was the purpose of my life. And you may say, well, I don't know that that's appropriate. Well, then you don't understand the Song of Solomon, okay? We've forgotten the passion that Christ had at the cross. We don't live with passion. We don't live with enthusiasm. Friend, I would do everything for her. Now, hmm, I could probably do better, right? Um, well, with the Lord. Yeah, Lord, I remember when I woke up every day excited. I remember when I woke up praying. I remember when I just invested every... I remember when I shared the gospel like it was the light and the hope of the world. Somewhere, I just got distracted, right? I got laboring. I got tired. I got... I was just busy trying to make sure everything was going right and no evil people were hurting our family. Or, you, you know, just like the scripture explains, you, could just, you went through hardship and we did. And to be honest, I've struggled with trusting him because things happen. He allows things to happen that aren't good. You realize that? Now, in our perception and even according to his standards, not good. But all things work together for thee. Right? So he says, guys, so here's what you're going to have to do. Here's the solution to a cold relationship with Christ, a cold relationship in marriage, a cold relationship at work. You go back to the who that empowers life. He is the beauty of life. All of creation to declare his glory. He is the beauty of life. He's the power. He's the hope. Now, it says, I hate I have to end with this, but this is where the scripture ends, okay? Or this little section. Otherwise, you understand he's saying, this is 
my command. You say no, here's what I do. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand. Jesus doesn't go anywhere, but we go away. You see? This is circumstantial. This and his authority is inevitable. Friend, he does not need Bayou Vista Baptist Church. We exist at his discretion. And so we either get on fire for Jesus. Do you know the worst thing for the testimony of Jesus Christ is a dead church? It's the worst thing. An angry, fighting, bitter, indifferent church. Worst thing. Churches have called me. Went and consulted with them. And I've just told them you're better off to close. You're better off. Because they couldn't afford nothing. Couldn't pay their lot bill. How'd they get there? They wanted us to help. Sometimes I would. Sometimes I'd just tell them you, you don't have a purpose. You think that's cold? Did you hear what Jesus just said? I'm, I'm coming. And I'm going to tell you the bad news. I'm going to take you out of the equation because you're not in love with me. Let's keep going. Well, I'm saying from this place, unless you, what's it say? It's in verse 5. Unless you repent. So church, we got hope. I mean, Christ gives us hope. And then it says, oh, by the way, church, <laughs> you, you got to catch this. I've, you got this going for you. You hate the acts of the Nicolaitans. Now, the Nicolaitans were started by a gentleman named Nicholas who was involved in the church, created some perverse, and this is what was said about the Nicolaitans. Let's catch this. <clears throat> they abandoned themselves to pleasure like goats, leading a life of self-indulgence. The teachings perverted grace and replaced liberty with license. Church, <clears throat> I know you try, I know you're caught in emotions. And I know you hadn't gotten involved with perversion. But you got to come back to me. If you want my presence. If you want my power. And you say, well, we've, if two or more are gathered, I've, I've told you. Yes, if two or more are gathered in his name. Which means for His purpose, worshiping His glory, worshiping His power, worshiping His authority, gathering His name, not just at a church. See, God, God is here by promise or by pleasure. He's here because He promised, which means He's here by, right? Kind of because He's honoring His word. It's kind of like when you go somewhere just because you have to be. Or He's here in the powerful pleasurable presence of the Holy Spirit. So Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for the time that we've had today. And Lord, I, I know I have been guilty. 
And may I not be guilty. Lord, that I have tried to navigate life. I have tried to navigate challenges, frustrations. Lord, on my own, and and it just wore me smack out. So as your words told, told me, Eric, listen, buddy. You're making more of yourself than you're making of me. And that's not how this thing is going to work. If you want me to bless the church, if you want me to bless you, you want me to bless and favor your marriage, if you want me to restore to you the passion and the joy of life, the peace that comes with knowing Jesus Christ, you're going to have to pursue me, buddy. You know... When you pursue your spouse, there's the beauty of not just physical intimacy, but emotional intimacy, relational intimacy, friendship. I I, I tell Jeanette, I don't know when or how, but at some point, a few years ago, I just thought, well, she's my best friend. I don't remember when it happened, but I I don't want to hang out with anybody else but her. I mean, that's... That was the most beautiful moment. I think we we have had kids were great, right? Many great memories. But the day I knew she was my best friend, the day something just changed. And the scripture says he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And I I pray, I, I just wonder, Lord, what would it look like if you were my best friend? If you were the one I went to, you were the one I shared with. As beautiful as marriage is, God, that's still not the right order. And so, friend, I'm asking you, who's your first love? Is it you? Or do you even feel love anymore? Purpose, enthusiasm. So here's what it says, right? He nailed us. And I think all of us are seen a little bit in each of these churches. He caught us. We go through the motions. We know, we, we know what the Bible says about most things, right? We're, we're, we're good church folk. But man, somewhere, somewhere we lost. We lost the purpose in the person. So it says repent. And so friend, the altar is open this morning. Whether it is marriage, whether it is work, whether it's parenting, whether it's faithfulness in your finances, whatever it is, whatever it is that you've wandered away from, that you need to go back to, um, he's calling you to do that. Otherwise, otherwise he will discipline. And friend, if you're his, he's promised you he will discipline. Now, you don't have to go through that, but you can choose to. It's your call. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, please, please, please come let me pray with you. Please. I'll try to answer any question you have. You can email me this week, Facebook, call the office. I'll find a time to meet with you. Morning, noon, night. I want to visit with you. I'll do everything in my power for you to be saved except sin in the process. If you've been visiting with this church and you'd like to make this your church home, You can come now and 
Let us embrace you as a brother and sister in Christ. Whatever it is you need to do, you do over the next few moments. Lord, you have your way. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.